You're listening to The Parking Podcast. Views and opinions are my own. Welcome back to another episode of The Parking Podcast. With us today is my good friend, longtime acquaintance and coworker, Brent Matthews, Director of Parking and Special Projects for the Chattanooga Area Regional Transportation Authority, also known as CARTA. How are you doing today, Brent? I'm doing great, Isaiah. Thanks. Thanks for joining. So I like to ask all our listeners, how did you get into parking? You know, I was with uh, Sam's Club for 10 years and decided to make a change and answered an ad, not really knowing that it was parking. And uh, 20 years later, here I am still in parking. So, Oh, wow. Show your age. Was this like a newspaper classified ad or was this online? Yes, it was. It would have been way back in like 2001. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's awesome. And I'm glad you did. 20 20 years later, here I am still in it and I'm I'm a lifer now. So I'm glad you answered it because I'm not sure. Well, I guess we did know each other. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But so I know you started actually the ad was on the private side. Now you're with the public side. Maybe talk a little bit about the pros and cons from uh, from working on either side of the of the fence there. I moved over to the public side in uh, 2011 and came over to Carta and left left working for the operator. And I think that's probably one of the best moves I've made. I really enjoy working on the government side of it and just the aspects of that. I don't feel like I'm, it's such a rat race like the like working in the for a parking company is. I believe that's a little more of a rat race, a little more of a challenge than than. Uh, day to day than what I have now. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I've heard that, you know, you get more vacation time and less 80 hour weeks and weekends, but I hate the getting mentioned in the news about raising rates or parking problems. So I <laughs> I don't like that side of the, the the municipal world, but you do really good at that. And you work for a really, really great city. And that is Chattanooga. I live there. Uh, you live there, of course. It's been voted the number one outdoor town in America time and time again. And that's because it has so much outdoor activities to offer. It's got like uh, a lot of mountains, so mountain climbing, mountain biking, trail running's big. It's got a lot of rivers. So it's got, you know, kayaking, paddleboarding, uh, swimming's big. In fact, they're, they're one of 12 cities in North America to have an Ironman because they can uh, bring all that together. Uh, but it's again just a really, really cool outdoor town. And so, so when you all were building one of your more recent garages that you guys partnered or helped with, um, you guys took that into account. How can we, you know, take in this outdoor rock climbing atmosphere and building into our garage? So it's a really cool placemaking initiative. So I hope you know what I'm talking about. But obviously, talking about the rock climbing garage. Tell our listeners a little bit about what what i mean by that what is a rock climbing garage yeah we have a we have a 600 space garage six level garage that sits near the aquarium in downtown chattanooga and about eight years ago a company came to us and one of our partners uh, one of the downtown development partners we work with and wanted to put a rock rock climbing facility in the downstairs of our garage we have some we have what used to be a theater down there and the theater moved and relocated. And so we had a bunch of space there. So we put some shops in and they wanted to put a rock climbing wall on the outside of our garage. 
And so through a lot of structural structural uh, engineering and a lot of discussions and a lot of uh, worries and everything else, we kind of came to the conclusion that we could make this work. And they now have a uh, rock climbing wall on the side of our, on, on the front of our garage. Oh yeah, man. It's, it's, you kind of have to see it to believe it. I'll post some pictures on our Instagram parking podcast page, but Man, it's it's really beautiful. So it uses like lights at night. It like lights up different colors, and people are legitimately climbing it. You know, repelling this this fake uh, mountain that sits on the side of the garage. So it's really cool that you guys are able to tie that together. So instead of um, visitors looking at a monolithic big concrete parking garage, they have this beautiful art and functional design where people are rock climbing, where they they can tie into something that makes Chattanooga so special, the big outdoor climbing scene and tie that in the garage. So kudos to Carta and Brent, you for your process and uh, making that all work. So they actually have a, uh, they've had the U S climbing championships here at that facility a few years ago. It's probably been four or five years ago, but they had the U S championships here in that climbing facility. And then inside they've got the climbing wall outside, but they've also got, a pit that goes 40 feet down under the garage where you can, you can go down way under the garage and climb back up to like the, the main level. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I couldn't believe it when I went inside. I'm like, how do they have like a hundred feet? But cause they go uh, under the ground. So you start mm-hmm. underneath and climb up, but yeah. So it's not just for looks It like you said, it hosted some, some national uh, competitions there. So it's, it's a legit, really, really cool project. But uh, another place making one was the food truck alley. So, you know, just like most cities, we had a problem with food trucks, parking at meters, not paying, staying longer than two hours, being too close to uh, brick and mortar restaurants complaining because they serve the same menu. So um, some of your stakeholders and you, you all Cardo came up with a a pretty cool concept. So can you talk a little bit about the uh, food truck alley? Yeah, we've had it. We've had it happen a couple of different places. One one time about three or four years ago, we had an area where they had a gravel area right in the middle of town in between a couple of buildings. And uh, one of the downtown development groups we work with and us worked together and we got a um, gravel in there and we set the food trucks up in there to get them off the street. Had about six or eight food trucks in there and kind of made it a central place to go for uh for food if you wanted that and then in the last year or so we've also had an alleyway in the middle of town in between a couple of the main blocks where they've gone and kind of made that a food truck alley now and they will rotate the food trucks could be three or four just depending on on the day but they'll have three or four different food trucks that'll set up there and uh it gets them out of the out of the public right away and the people aren't in the street, you know, risking getting hit or anything else. They can get their food if they want it. Yeah. So this is a, an education on placemaking. So for our listeners, not sure with that, that term, um, that's um, kind of creating or redesigning public spaces to promote people's, you know, health, happiness, well-being. So here, Bryn and Cardo have, have done this in several instances, taking a, an ugly garage and turning it into, into a, a rock climbing facade facility um, and then maybe turning a a dirty or unsafe uh, alley and turn it into a place to 
put all our food trucks to create a vibrant area where people come to to buy meals that uh, helps with the parking, transportation, and um, a place to eat. So really cool examples of placemaking in Chattanooga. Well done, Brent. I want to ask you another quick thing before we go into the next question. Uh, kind of ties an element to placemaking, but I just thought it was an interesting study because I know Chattanooga um, had a problem like most cities with deliveries, Ubers, pickup drop-off, running errands, deliveries, not parking where they should, not paying meter, just double parking in a tow-away zone, a bus stop, running in, make their delivery, making their drop-off, and getting out of there. So you guys worked to create some... Um, kind of pick up drop off spaces for these deliveries and ride shares. Um, but it maybe didn't go as, as, as we planned or hope, but I just thought it was pretty interesting uh, experiment in consumer behavior or driver behavior. But can you talk a little bit about the runner program? Yeah, we, uh, we've always had issues with, uh, with deliveries, with, with beer trucks and food distributors delivering during the day. And that's still an ongoing challenge, but then it got compounded as we started dealing with the uh, Ubers and the Grubhubs and everybody else delivering. And, and Jimmy uh, John's. I see them double parked everywhere. There must be like five Jimmy John's downtown Chattanooga. There's there, there, there's two downtown, but they seem to be pretty popular around lunchtime. So yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a lot of them around. We uh, One of the parking companies in town tried to work with, with these delivery folks and set up some locations in the, in their lots, like designated spaces in their lots for them. And, uh, we're, we're cutting them some deals on parking and, uh, we had no takers on it. They just, they didn't want any part of it. They would rather double park in a meter or double park in a no parking zone or park in a fire lane or park in a handicap area and take a chance on getting a ticket. And a lot of times they do. So you know, it, it, it was kind of frustrating that they wouldn't, they wouldn't use what we were trying to offer and uh, would rather just take their chances. Yeah. I thought it was very interesting and it might've been free, maybe a small fee to like register, but it was for all intents and purposes, it, it was free parking very, very close to every big skyscraper, every big delivery hotspot. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting. They maybe had to walk 10 to 15 feet more, but they said, no, thank you. I don't want this free parking. I'll take the chance. I'll park illegally. If it means saving me a minute, it's all about convenience, proximity. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. We set up this huge, great program, um, but they did not use it. So I know that uh, as cities are thinking about how we deal with this, with the ride shares and deliveries and grub hubs and all that, it's just human behavior. It's, it's, really interesting. So thanks for uh, talking about that. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. And so how can listeners learn more or follow along with some of these cool things going on with Carta? Do you guys have like a, a website or social media? Yeah, we do. Chattanoogaparking.org is our website. That's uh, You can catch up on what we're doing there. Yeah. One thing on the website, again, this is I think really, really cool. Another great, great initiative Carta is doing uh, and you can learn about on your website. It's um, maybe called a hospitality program. Do you, are you familiar? Do you, you, know, do you remember what I'm talking about? I remember reading about yeah. that years ago. Can no, you just we, talk about that briefly? Yeah. When we took over the uh, on street parking in 2011 from the city, we had a lot of challenges here 
and we uh, we were looking for ways to to improve it and to to get some offerings out there. And one of the one of the things we had talked about was we were going to do more enforcement than what had been done in the past when the police were doing it. It was uh, it was limited at best. The enforcement was done by the by the school patrol ladies who also worked special events, who also worked accidents, who worked uh, anything that came up besides parking. So when we took that over, we, we quickly knew we were going to be doing a lot more enforcement than they were going to. And we had a lot of employees that were meter feeders every day or just took a chance and didn't pay the meters at all. And we knew that we had to come up with something to incentivize them to get them off the meters and start opening up the spaces. And we got five, we had five different properties in town, three of them are ours and two other ones that were managed by some of the local operators. And we offered a discounted rate to the uh, hospitality workers to get them to park there monthly to uh, open up the spaces on the street and just to, just to help us get spaces turning. And even today from, from 2011 to now, we still have about 300 parkers that take advantage of that. I love that. Yeah. So we model this concept. I don't know if you invented it or, or, or got the idea from somewhere else, but I, I've always pointed stakeholders to your website for, for this initiative, because when you're putting in meters, a lot of employees in the hospitality industry make minimum wage or rely on tips, you know, servers, dishwashers, cooks, uh, hotel front desk clerks and hotel cleaning service employees. They can't afford to pay $2.50 an hour at a meter and move their car every two hours. And they can't afford $100 a month at a parking garage. Uh, so what Chattanooga did, of course, as Brent just said, they just it's a discounted solution. You have to prove that you're an hourly worker downtown and you get to park. Maybe it's on the roof of a garage or a, a garage that's underutilized and it's you know significantly reduced, $25 a month, just to provide an option to get them from... Uh, moving their car every two hours and playing games. It's been a win-win for all parties. It, it helped fill some slower garages, uh, help provide a parking for, for those that uh, don't make as much, and then helped with the turnover and congestion and pollution and all that. So uh, kudos to Carta. Brent, it's a great, another great example of uh, Carta leading the way. Uh, another connection we share is we're both CAP. I think... Um, Seems like most of my uh, guests have have the CAP credential, but tell us about your experience getting CAP certified. For those that don't know, that's the Certified Administrator of Public Parking. It's through the International Parking and Mobility Institute, IPMI. So they have a certification kind of like AICP for planning or CPA for accounting, but it's uh, the top of the top, those that have tested and shown a commitment to parking. But Brent, tell us about uh, why CAP was important to you. Yeah, no, I got my cap in 2013 in uh, Fort Lauderdale. And I think it's just a, it's been so valuable to me. One of the connections I made through it, the, the, the folks I was in classes with, a lot of them I still talk to to this day. If I have a question, I can pick up the phone and call them. And, you know, I know, I know I've got folks who are going through the same things I'm going through that I can reach out to and ask questions and who, are probably going to have better ideas than I do on how to deal with things. And I think it's just a valuable brotherhood, sisterhood that we have with each other 
because uh, you know everybody doesn't understand the parking industry. But once you've got that cap, you kind of you kind of have a pretty good idea, and you've been through a lot of the the intricacies of it in the classes that you're in, and uh, you just have a better idea of what folks are going through and how to how to maybe help them. Yeah, for sure. I still have friends to this day that I rely on that I call and email probably weekly. Hey, how would you deal with this? Or we have this problem. So it's a great networking, great to show a commitment to parking. It's a great conversation starter when people see that CAPP on your email or business card and they say, what's, what's that about? You know, there's a parking industry. So it's a great conversation starter as well. And I'm assuming that you weren't in Gary Means cap class. Otherwise you would have, you would have talked about that. Uh, I, I think Gary, Gary might've little, little, been a little bit ahead of me. Uh, Steve Fernandez and I were together in cap class and Jim might, Corbett and I were together in cap class. And that, that's a couple of the guys that I, <laughs> I still talk to quite a bit. Brett Wood, I believe was in my cap class. That, that's an impressive class, um, man. That's, that's, that's three that's, big names. Right yeah, there. man, you guys are up there. I'm expecting a phone call when they see <laughs> top three cap class. Oh, that's awesome. So when you're not strategizing for Chattanooga parking, you're still strategizing, but on the softball or basketball fields, you coach a lot of sports. Uh, I know basketball, softball, to name a few, maybe some more. So are you coaching now and how's it going? Yeah, I spend a lot of time on the softball field now. I spend a lot of time on the basketball floor over the years, but it's, it's pretty much all softball now with my daughters. I spend a lot of time doing that. Man, brave soul. you take the complaints from people getting parking tickets or raising rates. And then you take the complaints of the parent's child, not getting enough playing time or the, <laughs> the refs or the crowd. So uh, why do you love uh, coaching so much? I guess it's a way to spend time with your, your children. It seems like you're on the road every weekend traveling for some tournament, but talk to us a little bit about uh, the dad life of some uh, girl dad with these, uh, with these athletes that you have. Yeah. And, uh, it does seem like I travel a lot, Isaiah. You and I talk enough. You know I'm on the road most every weekend somewhere across the southeast playing ball. And uh it's, it's just I love it. I just love I just love sports for one thing. And I think it's I think it's a great way to spend time with my girls because it's something they love. And you know, getting to travel with them on the weekends and spend time with them in the car. And even if they're not talking to me and listening to their to their phones or whatever else i still get some quality time with them somewhere in there and uh it's just you know i enjoy it yeah that's true just i feel the same way my kids like there's a lot to be said about being there and being with them they while they're on their phones and electronics they we're not talking but i think when they look back on those memories they'll remember dad was there dad was always there so uh, kudos to you and yeah i know you love sports i've known that for a long time because how i met you was I don't know if you remember this, but you actually refed some of my basketball games. So what an honor for you to ref, <laughs> to ref me as a high school basketball player uh, some 20 years ago. So do you remember my team and refing some of those games when I was in high school? Isaiah, I do remember your teams. You, uh, you, didn't, you didn't throw in that we have the same alma mater there for the high school. So you didn't, you didn't mention that. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> a lot we, of controversy uh, over the years. I, I, I know. I mean, they're going to think we're, you know, we're in cahoots here. But uh, no, I do. I, I do remember you playing. I don't think I ever had to give you a T, Isaiah. I think you had a pretty good, uh, 
you kept control of yourself pretty good. You were uh you were a battler in there. Your teams were pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, maybe I was the guy that flopped a lot. Got those uh maybe got a T for flopping too much on charges. I love taking charges, but uh, you no, did, you, you did fly all over the gym. I remember that. <laughs> yes, uh, that's funny. But no, it, it was a maybe some few games from tournaments or whatever. But I do remember for sure. Uh, you were a great ref. And yeah, I missed, hey, two-time uh, state champions. We, were, we had a great team. We went to the same school. You had some great state runs as well. So, uh, But Brent, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thanks for your, uh, your friendship, mentorship, and um, all you've done for the parking industry throughout your uh, illustrious career. Thanks, Brent. Thanks, Isaiah. I enjoyed it. This episode is brought to you by Parker Technology, the customer experience solution of choice in the parking industry. Parker's solution puts a virtual ambassador in every lane to help parking guests pay and get on their way in under a minute. Parker helps capture revenue, provides better customer service, enables your staff to focus on other on-site tasks, and keeps traffic moving, all according to your business rules. With the Parker solution, you'll also enjoy access to real-time call data and recordings. Learn more at helpmeparker.com slash parkingpodcasts.